smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to this episode of kicks for free in which we discuss all things football i am bhargav sharma and with me is timan sarkar messi The European Championship begins on Friday and like any football fan we are also very excited to follow the proceedings uh, this summer uh, it's going to be a truly continental competition in the sense that uh, as many as 11 cities from different countries across the continent uh, will be hosting this tournament uh, and and it's the first time that uh, the euros are being conducted in such a manner in more than two countries Uh, and it is also the first uh, major international football tournament that is being uh, held during the pandemic uh, the copa america of course will begin on sunday as well uh, but uh, we are here to talk about the euros uh, so dhiman we have uh, a month of football action to look forward to yeah indeed look forward to is the right word i mean uh, what would have been i mean football's uh, restorative effect if i may say that uh, needs no elaboration so and then what would have otherwise been uh, two and a half months of no football because the champions league ended on the 29th and you know there would have been odd india international etc but there wouldn't have been much sustained football activity so now we've got a one month bonus and like you said with the copa 2 there'll be there'll be certain things to look forward to and in these times i think whatever you have to look forward to should be should hmm. be accepted with pleasure So yes indeed it, it is really going to be great that we'll have something to talk about for the next 4 weeks. Yeah absolutely and uh, I mean starts on Friday some very interesting matchups and some very interesting yeah. groups uh, I just wanted to start off with group F because uh, it's the most uh, fascinating group in this tournament I mean Portugal yeah. the reigning champions France the world champions Germany the 2014 world champions uh, and four time world champions overall I mean these three heavyweights are in the same group so it's something that uh, all of us are looking forward to uh, i think uh, i mean for me portugal are uh, one of the major favorites for the tournament and france as well uh, being the world champions uh, germany maybe i think on paper uh, maybe they are not as strong as france and portugal but uh, definitely they are very strong as well and it's the final tournament for yokim love so i'm sure they're not going to uh, you know go down uh, easy yeah, they did want a farewell they want a fa- good uh, perfect farewell for a man who's been there for 15 years you're right uh, i kind of think that you know germany is the uh, can be the surprise team in this group simply because like you said mm. they have very little riding on them mm-hmm. everybody's going to look at portugal and france uh, germany have been underwhelming in the past two years they the first round exit in the world cup in 2018 then they've lost to north macedonia they've lost uh, yeah. i mean so so 
things have not exactly gone the way you would expect a proud football nation like Germany to do. They have been transitioning. Yes, so Joachim Lowe tried out young players. He took out uh, Boateng, uh, Hummels and Muller. And now obviously that's not worked. So he's got them back. But the point is, I think Germany will go into this competition with very little expectation. And that is unusual mm. for a German team. Mm. And which is why I think they can mm. be the surprise element in this group. Uh, because uh, everyone's going to be talking about Portugal and France. Hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of think that Germany can be a surprise candidate. Absolutely. And, uh, and actually, it's not the first time that Germany are in a situation like this. I mean, uh, 15 years yeah. back, uh, I mean, Jürgen uh, Klinsmann was the head coach and uh, yes. Joachim Love was the assistant. And assistant. they had headed yeah. into the World Cup uh, at, I mean, at home. At, at home. home. And, yeah. and they weren't really playing very well before the tournament. No. I, I'm sure you'll remember that very well. I mean, yes. And they really, they were one of the best teams uh, during the tournament. Uh, exactly, because nobody was expecting them to do well. So I think, I think Absolutely. that's... Uh, yeah. Absolutely. In 2008 as well, I mean, they reached the final when, uh, I mean, yes. they were still a team that was kind of transitioning in 2010 as well. Absolutely. With a very Absolutely. young team. Uh, but yes. I, th- I think, uh, I really expect Portugal to do something. Uh, I mean, uh, I know, you, you know, to reach the... The far end of the, of the tournament, uh, and I mean, you know, given the squad that they have uh, accumulated in the last uh, couple of years, I think it's uh, it's an incredible squad. Uh, not it is, just but Bhargav, you you know what? I I mean, there is no disputing that it is mm-hmm. an incredible squad. I mean, mm-hmm. you can just name them. They're they're like who's who of of club football now. The reason why I'm a little skeptical mm-hmm. is that you know, you know, teams that play simple football generally do well in uh, international mm-hmm. competitions. Okay, mm-hmm. now Portugal have far too many skillful players. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's going to be counterproductive. I mean, you were there in Russia. France was not exactly. You know, they were not exactly the fastest team. They were not exactly the most creative team. But mm-hmm. overall, they were doing things right. And that mm-hmm. kind of get, got them the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I think mm-hmm. any team that's going to win the European Championship even this time is mm-hmm. going to be a team that's going to keep things simple and combine. But that way, I am not... In, in terms of individual ability, Portugal possibly be one of the best uh, available talent in this tournament. Hmm. Would they gel well as a team? Uh, have they played enough together to do it? They have won the Nations League, I know. But uh, I mean, that's where I'm a little well, not say skeptical. I'm a little, uh, let's say, let's say, wary of you know hedging, putting my money on Portugal at this point in time. I think uh, the advantage for all these teams is that uh, being a 2014 tournament, I mean, uh, there's a very good chance that uh, the third place team will also yeah. make it to the round of 16. Uh, yes, I mean, yes. I mean, Portugal knock- know all about that. Absolutely, and I think, uh, and in the knockout stages, I mean, anything can happen. Uh, any team can beat uh, anybody else on right. that. Yeah, on their day, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So I mean, you never know. I mean, a strong team like Portugal can uh, also, I mean, can lose to say a Poland, for example, a Sweden, for example, mm. on a bad day. Mm-hmm. And uh, but mm. things, yeah. I mean, uh, as you said, a team that plays simple, pragmatic football will end up doing well in short-term international tournaments like this. Uh, I think right. France are a great example of a team that plays, you know, that just does the basics very well. That but, is so important. You, I think you made a very good point that, you know, doing the basics very well. I think that is a very important point in uh, tournaments, month-long tournaments. Absolutely. And I think during the course of the 2018 World Cup, throughout all their games, uh, whether it was against a weaker opposition or against a formidable side like Belgium, for example, they did their mm. extremely well. 
they were very pragmatic they played to their strengths and uh, you know against teams like belgium for example they played a conservative brand of football but at the same time they you know managed to create chances enough chances to also score at the other end so i think and they were great at set pieces you know look at the number of goals the so, so, i think belgium you mentioned i think it was umtiti who scored Umtiti right who so scored from a set piece yeah right so yeah i mean they are definitely uh, france i'd say are definitely among the favorites as well uh, so that's an that's a very interesting group uh, and i mean uh, another group that i really find very interesting is uh, group c i mean netherlands obviously look the strongest side on paper but uh, three very interesting sides ukraine shevchenko is the coach now uh, in ukraine uh, a very interesting austrian side as well north macedonia who you know they look like on paper they may you may call them minos but they defeated germany uh, you know in exactly. march so yeah. it's a very interesting group what do you think of uh, I, you know, the three teams I, apart from netherlands i mean i don't know i if 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 i were netherlands uh, this would be the group that i would want to be mm. uh, so so yes i mean austria haven't won a competitive game in a major tournament since 1990 mm-hmm. uh north macedonia are debutants mm-hmm. so that leaves holland and ukraine now mm-hmm. by the sheer weight of the dutch team i know they have been consistently inconsistent in mm-hmm. in major tournaments but the sheer weight of the dutch team they would be fancying their chances they're playing at home they they playing uh, all the games are in amsterdam they're based in amsterdam so there's no travel for them yeah i would think that you know that is a group where uh, it would be a major major surprise if if holland does not finish on top i mean yeah. even second place is going to be an upset for them i think that's that's how that group stands yeah. holland and ukraine would be my first two teams in that group i just feel like uh, i think austria can spring a few surprises because uh, i okay. mean Ukraine are a very decent side you know your players like Yarmolenko Zinchenko very talented together for some time so that is the yes. important i think Shevchenko has been in charge for a while now so they've been together for some time that i think makes a difference absolutely absolutely uh, but uh, i mean i like the look of uh, this uh, Austria, Austria side you know some very decent players there as well uh, i mean Sabitzer uh, has been mm-hmm. doing really well and he may end up going to signing for a big club this summer mm-hmm. as well uh are not of which you know isn't really in his prime but i mean he still uh, we saw when he was at west ham i mean he can be a very tricky player to defend against uh, there are some experienced teams uh, as well you know like uh, alaba uh, so uh, some some very decent names there uh, are not of which is an interesting point you make i mean he's playing for china he's playing in china in china right? yes he's, he's playing the china. only player in this competition who's going to come who's going who plays for a club in asia Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think there's anybody else who plays for any other club uh, mm. apart from uh, playing in Europe. So I think Arnautovich is possibly the only one who plays mm. for a club outside the continent, and he's going to be interesting because people haven't followed him all that much. Absolutely, and I mean we've seen him when he was in the Premier League. I mean he can make an yes, impact. Yes, yes, of course, so, of course, of course. So some very good players in that Austrian team as well. Now, of course, as we said, I mean you can never underestimate uh, North Macedonia, especially after mm. that. Win over Germany. Uh, Goran Pandev uh, is there. Um, he's very experienced. Uh, I think he's thirty-seven or thirty-eight already. The experience they've got. Uh, Alioski of Leeds uh, and some other very good players. Uh, Elmas is there. Nap- Napoli's Elmas and mm. few other good players. So I mean, that's that's a very interesting group. Uh, 
I think Netherlands should finish first, but I think there will be uh, some very stiff uh, competition for uh, you know the second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, another group we are talking about uh, Group F as the group of death, but I really feel like uh, I think the other group where we, where we are going to see some really good games is Group A. I mean, Italy on paper are definitely the strongest team on paper, but uh, Switzerland I feel are a team that can really spring a surprises a few surprises and maybe even make it to the last few rounds of the competition uh, we saw them reach uh, you know uh, the last four places in the uefa nations league in the inaugural mm. edition uh, and they did well in the 2018 world cup as well some very good players shaka shakiri uh, and i mean they have uh, some of these players have uh, a lot of experience Uh, plus uh, other two other good teams in Wales and Turkey as well so i think that's going to be a very good group to watch out for yeah i mean it will be a major surprise if italy uh, having done so well having having ticked all the boxes uh, and mm-hmm. having made such a remarkable turnaround under uh, mancini uh, mm-hmm. fluff the lines when it matters most uh, mm-hmm. it can happen but uh, you're right i mean even turkey you know i mean they yeah uh, they are they are a team and senior gunes is 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 one of the most yeah. wily tacticians in the sport uh, he's helped turkey in the past and they have some some decent players i mean i know burak yilmaz is uh, kind mm. of old uh, mm. but uh, they also have i think it is their defense uh, and the midfield yes so which will mean that they are a team that will be very difficult to break down and if you are if you are playing a team that's being very difficult to break down you mm. as time goes on and it's a game that you're expected to win as time goes on you tend to get more frustrated you tend to lose your poise and that's when you're at your most vulnerable you can take a goal on the counter attack and then suddenly you will find that there's no room to come back i mean i remember the germany mexico game in 2018 mm. i mean who who had expected that mexico would score on the counter yeah so for a team like turkey who again will possibly go in with nothing to lose because italy and switzerland would be the teams that everybody's going to watch out for and if there are a difficult team to break down they could really be uh, a surprise uh, from this group yeah absolutely and of course we can't forget uh, wales uh, who have not just carried bill but also quite a few other good players aaron ramsey aaron ramsey for instance yes da- daniel james is there ben davies yes. uh, joe uh-huh. so quite a few players who have experience of uh, playing in the premier league one of the best leagues in the world of course so do you is- think bhargav that you know i mean wales would be affected by whatever happened to ryan giggs do you think I that think- uh, the absence of the head coach he guided them to uh, this and there's always this do you think it will be a distraction or do you think these players are like he- you said having played in the premier league etc they'll be able to deal with this yeah i mean this obviously ahead of a major tournament i mean when you lose your uh manager just two months uh, before the tournament yes. it's of course a distraction uh but i mean you never know i mean the fact that they are going as uh, the underdogs in this group i mean on paper uh, they do have mm. they may have a few talented players but they are the weakest team on paper the fourth in team group. in this group yes yeah. yes so i okay. think they don't really have a lot to lose uh, so i won't be surprised mm-hmm. if they get a few good results here and there and at the end of the day like we said i mean third place could be good enough to take you to the next round but who expected wales to be there in the semi finals last time so exactly. yeah why not uh... so yes i mean anything can happen you can never count mm. them out uh, mm. and uh, another interesting group is uh, group b uh, i mean of course uh, i think belgium without a doubt all of us expect yes. them 
to at least if not win the group but easily make it to the next round uh, but which are the teams from this group who you think make uh, it to the next round i would be interested in seeing how finland fare okay for mm. purely because of the novelty factor of uh, them being there purely because i mean uh, timo pukki uh, mm. has taken his team to the pre- back to the premiership so how mm. is he going to celebrate uh, that uh, moment by doing well here so mm. and they will play with no pressure so no but again i'm not i'm not thinking of finland really going beyond the group mm. i think between russia and uh, so it's belgium russia finland and who's the fourth team uh, denmark denmark i think between russia and denmark i would say denmark is the second team because they you know they have better quality players uh, players playing at the higher level i mean they have like like spain in a different context uh, we'll come to that later denmark does not have a player from bronby mm-hmm. which who are their league champions so mm-hmm. they are a team that strong that mm-hmm. they've actually been able to i mean players mm-hmm. like christian eriksen kasper schmeichel uh, so i am thinking that you know denmark uh, should be the the second team in this group mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, yeah russia could if they can get a one good result against finland and maybe a draw uh, against one of the uh, against belgium or denmark they could fancy their chances as the best third place team mm. uh, but really i i mean i know you were there and i know that russia went beyond expectations in 2018 in the world cup but uh, it's a bit like lightning isn't it, it just doesn't mm. often strike twice yeah it's difficult to see them i mean doing as well as they did uh, at the 2018 world cup and primarily as you said i think denmark have a far superior squad Uh, and uh, mm. of course i mean they can go into the next round as a third place team uh, that is also a very good chance but i think denmark and uh, belgium are very strong compared to russia and uh, denmark in particular i mean quite a few players uh, i mean of course we know about the christian eriksens the christiansens the kasper right. uh, but there are other good players as well hoybier uh, has had a very good season with us yes 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 westergaard yes. has uh, had a very good season uh-huh. and then, uh-huh. uh, i mean there are other young younger players like mele who who, are, who was pretty decent in the very few games that he played uh, for mm. atlanta uh, simon mm. kier i mean he's still uh, doing he's, well he's the captain he's, he's the, the captain, captain right? he's a captain yes, yes. yes. right so, i mean quite a few uh, of course there are players like breitwith as well So I mean, uh, yeah, quite, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, quite a few good players in that squad, and uh, I think they are they are uh, going to finish in the top two alongside Belgium and mm. uh, Finland. As you said, a very interesting team as well. And I mean, I remember I was checking out the team, and they they have a couple of players from Paphos, uh, which is now coached by Stephen Constantine. Uh, so I'm, yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, how they do. Uh, ah, very interesting. How they do? Yeah. absolutely uh, so absolutely yeah. of course uh, i mean all eyes will be on him and lots of hopes and expectations uh, from finland on him uh, he has had i mean he has shown in the premier league that uh, i mean he can be a very good goal post yeah 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 absolutely absolutely finland will be uh, a team to look forward to uh, the uh, another interesting group is uh, group e i mean uh, spain this time are kind of going into the tournament in a different uh, kind of vibe i mean they don't really mm-hmm. you don't really see them as the main as a big favorites this time i mean uh, they have a very good team of course uh, but uh, not many experienced players uh, in that side uh, you don't have yeah they're transitioning absolutely they're transitioning absolutely. and yeah. uh, sergio busquets is the only player who 
played at the 2010 World Cup. There is no like last. He's got two, so he might miss the first game. At he least might, he, he might, might even miss. Yes, he might miss the first uh, first two games, and they don't have Iniesta like last time at the World Cup. Oh, they yes. don't have uh, uh-huh. David Silva. They don't have Sergio Ramos or Gerard Piquet. So it's it's a very right. interesting right. team, and they have some difficult uh, teams uh, to play against in Group E. Yeah, teams that are difficult to break down. I mean, so uh, you're right. I mean, I don't know. Sweden, for instance, is a team uh, hmm. who always play better when Zlatan's not there. So they they are one team that can be difficult to break down. There's always Poland. Uh, Lewandowski comes off uh, this this hmm. incredible goal scoring form at Bayern, uh, breaking a record uh, that is that's true for 49 years. Hmm. Milik is out. They 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 will miss Milik, I think. And and yes. the only thing about Poland that I'm a little worried about is that they they, they are actually traveling a lot. They uh, between, I think they're playing one game at St. Petersburg, they're playing another game at Sevier, and they're again coming back to St. Petersburg. So, it's a 7,000-kilometer mm. round trip for those games. And it will be very important to keep those players fresh mm. for Poland to really pull their weight. The fourth team in their group is uh, Spain, Sweden, Poland, and... Slovakia. I- Slovakia. Okay, now that can be a dark horse zone. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I think for I mean for some reason I feel that uh, Spain are going to have a bit of an advantage because uh, there's not a lot of hopes riding on them. I think the pressure is like Germany, and they're playing at home again. They're playing at home, and the pressure is a bit less compared to I mean the last three tournaments, for example. I mean they headed uh, mm-hmm. headed there as the as one of the uh, big favorites. Now got knocked out in the first knockout stage in the last uh, World Cup. Uh, right. They lost uh, in the first knockout stage in, in the Euros as well uh, in 2016. Mm, mm, and mm. of course, they lost uh, in the group stages of the 2014 World Cup. And this time, I mean, they don't have a lot of uh, experience there. Uh, just two players uh, in that squad who have played more than 50 international games. Uh, not a single... Yeah, Busquets, Busquets and Jordi Alba. Uh, yes, just Busquets and Jordi uh-huh. Alba. And Koke yeah, has exactly yeah. 50 international 50 games, yeah. 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 So, uh-huh. I mean... Uh, not a lot of experience. Quite a few young players like Pau Torres coming in. Uh, I'm Pedri. Eric, yes, I'm Eric Lapedri is there. Of course, I'm Eric Laporte. He didn't play before uh, his, uh, his experience, of course, but not uh, for Spain. Uh, he's playing his first major tournament for Spain. Uh, yeah, he's an interesting point here, Bhargav, isn't he? I mean, do you think Deschamps could have used him uh, given the fact that he did so well for Manchester City till he got... Till yeah, you know, the, the current Manchester City team of... Uh, Ruben Diaz uh, coming over and he not getting much of a chance, I know. But there was a point in time when Manchester City lost the league because Laporte was injured. Yeah, I mean, it so was a surprise. A player like that, he was never ever used. Uh, does that kind of tell you that, you know, again, the, the point we were making earlier, the doing the basics well. So, France is very happy with, Deschamps is very happy with, like, let's say, Akim Pembe and, and Varane. Okay, so, no frills, central defenders. We don't need a Laporte left-footer who can create from the deep. Uh, we don't need someone like that. Mm-hmm. And do you think Laporte, therefore, is going to go to this tournament trying to show that, you know, I don't know, he should have, he deserved being a France international. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that's that can be a sideshow to this entire group? Yeah, I mean, that can play on his spine. But I think France missed, a, or missed an opportunity by not picking him. I mean, mm. uh, of course, they have but a... They very, won the World Cup, so what can you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they won the World Cup, but uh, I think he could have added to their depth. Even if he right. didn't start all their games, I think they, he could have added to their depth. And now, 
look at him in the screen squad i mean him and pau torres can be a very strong pairing uh, yes. and yes. if you take La- laporta out of the group i think the defense becomes very weak all of a sudden uh, i mean mm. spain don't really mm. have that strong a defense this time and uh, mm. it's, it's it's very crucial for them that the both laporta and pau torres uh, yes they fit yes. throughout the competition so it's a bit of a surprise that uh, france didn't really fancy him but uh, i mean i don't think spain will be complaining uh, in that no. regard so no, absolutely don't you find it funny that you know i mean a kind of because laporte was not considered at all but then they shorted call back benzema i know that uh, yeah. there are different issues different yeah. positions and i know that you know giru is possibly getting on in the years and you cannot ignore benzema's form at real beyond the point mm. but i i somehow cannot reconcile this that you know he gives benzema a call But he thinks Laporte is surplus to requirements. This is something I could not understand. It's, it's honestly very surprising. But I mean, you never know what their personal equation is. Maybe there's some issue there. Ah, I mean, yeah. otherwise, otherwise from outside, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, to ignore a player of such quality. But anyway, I mean, Spain uh, have three very uh, tough games. Uh, they're starting off against Sweden, and as you said, mm. they're a very difficult team to play against. they have enough players of experience i mean uh, lindelof fosberg yeah. so they have players who know what it takes to uh, take out big games yes absolutely and uh, poland of course i mean very very decent team very good players in that team uh, so they are not going to be easy to play against and i remember i mean luis sahas spoke to reporters a few days back and uh-huh. he said that poland can be the surprise package in this tournament they have many talented okay. and maybe they can go far Uh, and you never know. I mean, with the players they have, maybe it can happen. Uh, mm. Then there's Slovakia, of course. I mean, uh, on paper, of course, the weakest side uh, in this uh, competition. But uh, again, right. we have some good players, uh, an experienced player in the form of uh, Marek Hamšík. It's like I think he's thirty-four, mm. thirty-five, something like that. But thirty-three or thirty-four, yes. And he he has this habit of popping up in big games. Okay, I remember yeah. at the two thousand ten uh, World Cup when. Uh, this yeah. was at Ellis Park on an afternoon. It was he who helped Slovakia beat Italy. So Quagliera came in and scored uh, yeah. goals. But yeah. it was uh, Slovakia beating Italy and Italy exiting from the World Cup, the, uh, the World reigning Cup. champion, yeah. uh, happened because of Hamšík. And uh, he has this habit of popping up in big games and making a difference. Now whether he'll be able to do it when he's 34 years old and he's also got a dodgy calf or a dodgy knee, I'm not. I I, I don't exactly remember. But whether he'll be able to do it again. is mm. something we are left to time but yes he he is a crucial player in the team yeah and uh, of course uh, milan spinier of course is going to be important very mm. uh, good defender so he will have to stay fit uh, in all three group stage games if they want to cause an upset or two uh, and uh, of course we head into the final group uh, we that we are yet to discuss and that's uh, the group containing uh, england and Uh, and the old enemy and Croatia yeah. and Czech Republic. So it's it's uh, it's a fascinating group. I mean, uh, of course, this time there is a lot of hopes on England again. Like uh, at the when day. is there not because of the yeah. media, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's a lot of hype, of course, around England. But I think for the first time since the 2006 World Cup, uh, we are really seeing a, an England team that. You know, on paper, can really go far in this tournament. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, of uh, course, no, no kidding, no kidding. Absolutely, absolutely. Of course, I mean, they underperform. I think yes, no. I still feel that they will disappoint, but uh, I mean, they do have, the, <laughs> they do have the squad to go far. And of course, that's Croatia as well. So, what do you think of Croatia? Maybe a 
maybe a little over the hill i mean it's a team that really performed its gave its best in the world cup yeah. and now uh, it's a team that needs to be rebuilt and i think they will look at rebuilding after this tournament mm. uh, so uh, but that said i think if croatia is going to approach this tournament with no pressure uh, mm. i don't think the pressure of being the runners up in the world is going to weigh mm. them down much they should play freely and uh, you know with a bit of luck they can qualify uh, as the second team and uh, with with a fair amount of luck again uh, they can make it to the quarter finals if they do that that would be a successful tournament for them anyway hmm. so so i i don't uh, i mean croatia uh, should be the second team from this group because i would put croatia ahead of czech republic simply because of the experience of the players and the fact that you know I mean, luka modric hmm. still plays an important part for club and country and he he's 35 may i i think but uh, he's still good enough to uh you know influence games so mm. i think croatia will be the second team mm. assuming of course england are not all about height mm. yes and and one of the strongest midfields in this tournament i think of course there's modric uh but of course there's also Rakitic. there's also pasalic uh, uh, then there's uh, badel of uh, genoa there's brozovic uh, 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 kovacic of chelsea as well i mean So ah, I mean ah Matteo Kovacic is yes, very yes. deep uh, midfield and they have quite a few options there. So uh, I do I mean I personally feel that they will finish top of the group. I mean I I think England will underwhelm again and <laughs> second but I mean Croatia you can never count them out uh, and I think yeah as you said they're not as strong as uh, the 2018 World Cup so maybe they won't go very far. uh but uh, and i do expect these players i mean they have been together for so long i do expect yes that is true they've yes. been together for long yes i do uh, expect them to do all right i mean if not reach the semis but at least i think they should easily get out of the group uh england of course uh, i mean uh, as i said one of the strongest teams uh, one of the strongest squads in like 15 years so uh they should do well but uh, let's see once what happens when they reach the knockout stages i think that is where they have uh, kind of a you know they have kind of slipped for, on quite a few occasions so yes. that is something that uh, they will have to improve uh, uh, once they reach the knockout stages even when i mean they reached the semis at the 2018 world cup i mean barring sweden i don't really ah, they didn't really no, control no. any of the games no uh, no, I mean, no no No. struggle like right. Colombia at times. Yes, so yeah, I mean that is where they need to improve. Czech Republic again not uh, as strong as they used to be. So it will be interesting to see how they do. Uh, Scotland uh, some good players there. Uh, but again, I think uh, England and Croatia should finish uh, uh, top 2 uh, very comfortably. Yeah, they should. I mean, only if England underwhelm again and give Scotland a couple a point here where they don't deserve one or whatever. I mean, England Scotland is going to be that arch enemy uh, stuff with a lot of history and stuff. But frankly, there is very little. You know, you, you cannot really compare England and Scotland now, given the strength of these teams. England, look at the number of options England have as right back, and I'm not even talking of Trent Alexander-Arnold who's out. Mm-hmm. So the kind of depth that they. Yeah. But again, the point we were talking about earlier. I mean. Do is it really a group of individual talents that win such tournaments, or is it yeah. a team? Is it is it something it, that com- is it uh, a team that plays like one? You know that stress, stresses on the collective. Something that France have done so well. Something that Italy continue to do so well uh, mm-hmm. under Mancini. So I 
I'm not very sure, you know, for all the depth in England's mm. squad, will they be able to combine well enough? Uh, mm. They haven't done too well in the Nations League. These players played. Mm. So, I, mm. I I kind of agree with you that maybe England will underperform again. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they some incredible individual talents in this team. And like you said about Portugal, I just think that Portugal are more pragmatic than England. But I think England yeah. will struggle. And more experienced players also. More, more experienced players. And I mean, so that is why I personally feel that Portugal will go far. And on the other hand, England won't. Uh, because that is, I mean, that is where uh, they don't have the experience. Yeah. And also, I mean, as a team, they haven't really shown that they can dominate games uh, the way, the like you said, in, even in 2018, they didn't really do that. They went to the semi-finals all right, but they didn't really control games. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. So, I mean, Diman, if I were to ask you, uh, you know, two teams that you think will reach the final, who mm. would it be? Good heavens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how the groups, I mean, who finishes. It becomes very dodgy when you, yeah. when the third team comes in because comes you don't know in, who's yeah. going to play whom in the uh, pre quarter finals you say so you say france and uh, italy for instance and then they meet in the pre quarter finals or, or uh, you know quarter finals so i don't i mean I, I i'd go with france and italy really mm-hmm. if if they if they are on different sides of the draw and stuff uh, mm. i'd go with france and italy france because uh, they are a set team engolo conte is in the form of his life mm. uh, france know how to win tournaments and in the cycle, I mean, the team from 2018 is pretty much the same. Mm. Only gotten better in terms of experience. Mm. Uh, so, I'd say France. Italy, I'm saying Italy because of what they've simply done. I mean, they qualified with three games to spare. They've mm. been scoring well. There have been a problem with front lines. But, I mean, in that 4-3-3 format, they can play false nines. So, uh, and, and and both uh, uh, Belotti and uh, Immobile have got goals uh, in, in these friendlies. So, yeah. I think Italy is a team that's kind of solid. Mm. Now it is, they've been solid for the past two years. Now it is for them to show that they can be solid when it really comes to the crunch. So if they do that, uh, France and Italy would be, you know, that would be what? 2000 final, no? France and Italy. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. And the 2006 World Cup final. And the 2006 World Cup final, yes. So maybe those two teams. Yeah. Who would be your semi finalists? Okay, if if you had to, okay, like, if I asked you four teams, who would you name? Uh, yeah, that's a difficult one. I mean, uh, again, like as you said, permutations, combinations will change uh, probably after the first round. So I'll, I'm sure right. that my predictions will go down the drain after like one or two weeks. But like uh, <laughs> if my if someone were to twist my arm and ask, then I'd say France, Portugal, uh, Germany and Belgium. Yeah, fair point. I, I would agree with you. I would just say Italy somewhere. But mm. yeah, what you're saying is in terms of Belgium are the world number one team. So, mm. uh, you can't count them out. And they they will be trying to do something for this. This is a golden generation. They gen- this is... Um, uh, these... A lot of players may not be around going forward after Qatar. Okay. Mm. But uh, yeah, Belgium... Uh, mm. I would agree with uh, Portugal, France, mm. Belgium... And Italy, maybe? And who's the fourth team you said? I said Germany. Germany. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, of course, I think everything will change after a couple of weeks. And some of uh, the. We'll, 
Yeah. <laughs> Some of these things yeah. will meet probably in the quarters or pre-quarters. Yeah. They might and we'll, we'll keep talking about this as the tournament goes on. So, yeah, I think, I think over the next uh, two or three weeks, we will be talking only about the Euro. So, we'll see how uh, our predictions stand when we talk again. Yeah, lots of games uh, to look forward to. So, thanks for... Lots of late nights to look forward to. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, let us catch up again uh, next week. See you next time then. This was an episode of Kicks for Free. Do like and follow us on at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and write to us at podcast at the rate hindustantimes.com. You can also follow us on our Twitter handles at DhimanHT and at Bhargav Sarma. You can listen to more podcasts by logging into htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.